everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Well, at least one of them is there. Big Dave Lemon uh, from the studio. Joe's a little bit under the weather tonight. He is going to join us uh, by telephone, and uh, we'll bring him in in just a little bit. But i got a few things I want to run down, and we'll talk about some of the latest news uh, on uh, Poker Action Line. Uh, a lot of tournaments ending. We were kind of like right in the heading for the final tables this week. And, of course, the WPT, and I want to talk about this with Joe in a few minutes, but uh, the WPT has kind of picked up the uh, delayed final table aspect uh, that the November 9 had such a success with for many years, and then they decided to let that go uh, the last two years and play the final table out right at the end of the main event. Uh, WPT is now playing down to the final table, the final six. And instead of the next day just uh, shooting the television show and getting it going, they've decided to put about a six-week delay on it. And uh, mainly because they have a big deal with uh, the eSports Arena at the Luxor, and they're going to be shooting all the final tables there. Uh, So far, they have two final tables set up, the WPT Hawaiian Gardens uh, final table, which is, uh, we'll give you the results of that. That will be played uh, in March. And the following day, they'll play the Borgata final table, which uh, they just played down to in the last couple of days. So I'll give you all that information. The full schedule is out for the World Series of Poker this summer at the Rio. Could be the final year at the Rio. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of things with Joe in a little bit. But I do want to get to a couple of the uh, uh, tournaments that we were talking about uh, the last couple of weeks. First of all, the Aussie Millions main event is completed. And uh, well-known player Bryn Kenny, the winner, uh, defeated 822 players. He won uh, one point. 7.2 million Australian dollars, which is about 923,000 U.S. dollars, made a three-handed deal uh, when they got down to three. Mike Del Vecchio from the United States and Australian Andrew Heinrichsen. Uh, Kenny score was the sh- was short stack at the final table, uh, picked up a couple of double-ups uh, fairly early in the day and got back into it, and when play was down to the final three, he scored another double to keep himself alive, and then they started talking uh, chop, and they did it. Uh, There was over 100 hands of three-handed play, and they took a break and uh, looked at the numbers. Kenny takes home the biggest slice, as I mentioned, 1.272 million Australian dollars. And uh, actually, I I see a thing here that says uh, the prize, the actual prize would have been 1.85 million, so he took quite a bit less than he would have otherwise and instead of 1.3 million US dollars he takes 923,000. Uh fourth place and fifth place went to Australians Clinton Taylor and Matthew Wakeman. Uh Korean player Jeong Byung Lee finished in 6th and Hamish Crawshaw of New Zealand uh finished in 7th place. So uh Bryn Kenny who of course is a great uh high roller player here in the United States and plays a lot of big events. Uh, big win for him. Said uh, I wasn't interested in a deal unless I was going to win and take home the trophy. Uh, so he uh, had a great tournament, and uh, you know we 
really wasn't following his name near the top of the boards uh, throughout, but uh, he got back in it, and uh, Kenny wins the Australian uh, Aussie Millions main event. Uh, the other tournament that was going on was the Borgata last week. Uh, they played down to the final six, where they will come back later in the year. Uh, the chip leader is a fellow named Dave Farah. He is the chip leader at uh, 18.8 million chips. Brandon Hall currently in second with 14 million. Daniel Buzgon with nine. Uh, Joseph De Rosa Rojas, who won the uh, marathon event last, uh, well, actually in 2017 at the World Series of Poker. So he's from Venezuela, the first ever World Series of Poker gold bracelet winner from that country. And uh, fifth place currently, Ian O'Hara from here in South Florida. Ian uh, is from Boca Raton. Uh, De Rosa Rojas, by the way, has 5.8 million chips. Ian O'Hara, 5.1. And Vinicius Lima is uh, rounds out the final table. It uh, has a stack of 3.55 million, which is good for 24 big blinds when they resume back in March. So they'll head out to the Luxor and play that at the Esports Arena on Wednesday, March the 13th. That will be the day following the Hawaiian Gardens final table. So uh, obviously it makes sense to uh, have the whole setup there and maybe line up a bunch of final tables to be played on consecutive days and uh, you know, we're not going to know the difference when we watch it on TV in uh, six or eight months when uh, the season comes around on uh, Fox Sports Net and they re- replay that uh, that tournament. So, uh, by the way, the numbers uh, were very good. Uh, they blew away their guarantee of $3 million, ending up with a prize pool of $4.529 million, And it was the largest WPT main event at the Borgata. And, of course, they have a couple each year. Um, 1,313 entrants were in the 2011 Borgata Poker Open. This year they had 1,415, so uh, about 100 more players than uh, the biggest record in the past. So uh, despite the weather, I mean, it was terrible up there and uh, certainly took effort to uh, get around up in New Jersey, no question. But uh, they had a great field and a very popular event, and uh, a lot of these places are really doing great. So uh, all final six players are guaranteed at least a payday of 154000 but uh, they will not find out until they get to the final table. And of course, all the celebration and the introductions and the interviews and everything that goes along with that at the HyperX Esports Arena at the Luxor in Las Vegas. And that will be on Wednesday, March 13th. The Wine Gardens final table on March the 12th. So... Uh, should be interesting and fun. Uh, certainly will be a new look for the WPT. And uh, maybe if we get a little chance a little bit later, we'll talk about whether that's a good idea to uh, put off the final table. We talked about it in shows earlier with Joe that uh, November 9 was uh, definitely a good idea that, that just kind of uh, ran out its welcome, I think, over the uh, course of about 10 or, 10 or so years. And uh, some people liked it, some people didn't. But uh, for us, it gave us a lot of build-up to a big event that uh, always made it a lot of fun. But uh, whatever they decide to do, you know, that's uh, to try different things, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the World Series of Poker, I did want to mention, uh, also came out with a bunch of new events. Uh, Joe, and let's bring Joe in. Uh, Hi. Joe. <laughs> Uh, yes, sir. Do, do your I, best. I, I know your voice is not I, there, but hey. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry, folks. I apologize. I didn't want to get my 
my my friend's sick in the studio, so hopefully they can bear with me. Gio, let me know if, if it sounds halfway decent to at least talk. But I love this idea, Big Dave, that WPT did. Uh, that you were just mentioning. You like the idea? Uh, it's funny. I how, do, it's, and it's funny how there's a tie-in with esports because that is becoming so big right now. Well, I think it's it more interesting than the November Niners because remember the November Niners went to Vegas, went through that grueling seven eight day process to get to the final table, and even though I at first I was like you know a fence jumper on this. If you remember, I didn't like it going to November because if you're in a, you're in a zone, you don't want to lose it. But then from being a you know radio broadcaster here and doing our show and as a player I got to love it because I thought the build up just made it so much more exciting and I think you agree with me on that point don't you Dave I do and uh, the one thing that's that's very strange is when you're playing with guys in a tournament you know obviously you're not with everybody uh at the same table playing down to the final table but you're playing with several guys you remember things and it's fresh in your mind, some of the plays they made, some of the maybe the tells that they gave off. And now, six weeks later, all that's out the window. Well, it is and it isn't because if you had a chance to play with these people, and their final table is six-handed, correct? Correct. Okay, that correct. so that means you got to a final table, and I don't know how long it got, took you to get to six from ten, let's say, but you got to get a feel for how they played. Now, obviously, people can change up their game. Uh, the momentum that they all had to get to the, to be in the final six is gone. But <clears throat> what I love, and I think the players are going to love Big Dave, is the fact that they're playing in, their, in a home casino or, you know, something close to them for the most part, and now they're going to get flown out to Luxor, and I would imagine they're going to make a production of it at least for a day or two before they go on that table to parade them, to, you know, get the full publicity that you need out of this and, and let people know which I think is going to help their numbers, as you just mentioned, the Borgata just crushed their guarantee, you know, in the sense of, hey, besides getting the money, we're going to be taking a trip to uh, to Vegas, to the Luxor, and, you know, special production for us for the final six players. Well, you bring I the, think you, that's exciting. You bring that up, and uh, that's one of the faults that people have with the November 9, <clears throat> that, and I think you mentioned it last week on the show, that there was a great opportunity to really build up the publicity, and they didn't really take <clears throat> advantage of that. No, I and and you're absolutely right, Dave. They listen. The WSOP didn't take advantage of that. The players themselves. The advantage that the players got, <clears throat> I remember, was you get to have if you're a top-notch player, you got a lot of friends. Now you research your opponents, their style of play, and you got a chance to practice off of that. But I think they've blown an opportunity by not bringing these people maybe two to three weeks before the event, parade them around town, parade them at special events, build up an excitement for that final table, which is where I definitely think the WSOP missed out on. And now that we're mentioning eSports at the Luxor, hopefully they'll take advantage of that. And like I said, the the more the nicer thing about that is you didn't play in Vegas, go home, and they were back to Vegas. Most of these tournaments are, you know, in different states. Right. And I think that in itself, and if the show, the production of the show is really good and the play is good, I just think this is going to blow up for them in, in, all, the, in all their venues where they have this because – I honestly, you know, it, it's very similar to what the WSOP did, but obviously they should be able to take advantage of the promotional part of that with esports. I would imagine they are going to try to make a big thing of it in Vegas. And I would have access to all these players a week before, so, you know, radio personalities can, can interview them and, you know, get the word out there to the whole poker community in the country and, and 
you know, see if you can excite them into watching that, you know, that event, being that it's not going to go on a delayed live, correct? They're going to well, take this uh, and show it months down the road? Yeah, exactly. And uh, the thing is, uh, the tie-in with eSports, now I don't know that much about eSports, to be honest. Those are a lot of those computer games that that these uh, young people play and, and races through uh, targets and things like that. And, uh, right. you know, it's... Uh, it, it certainly is a lot of computer-generated graphics and that sort of thing, and I think that angle may help poker in a certain way. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you know, the lifeline now is, is these players, because of the Internet, the young players that are anywhere from probably 18 to 30 years old, and for, and for you and I, people in their mid-30s are young guys, <laughs> Dave, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know... They have to do that, and I'll tell you what, now that I'm thinking about it and I remember hearing you say that it's going to be on a tape delay, I think that's their only big mistake. They should make a deal with uh, with Go. What is, what's the one that you love to watch that's usually on a 20-minute delay or half-hour uh, delay? Poker Go. Poker Go. And they should do something like that because I think that would generate even more excitement. As I tell you, most people don't like to see these things many months later, yeah. you know, unless you're a hardcore, when you know the results six months earlier, unless something exciting happened, like what we had with Stacy and then uh, the, the, the the British guy who I, uh, what is it? Will, Will Kasuf. Kasuf. Kasuf, okay. Yeah, unless something like that happens, that there's some controversy, you know, some bickering, whatever, fighting, I don't know, I, you know, I know you enjoy watching it, but for me, the results are already in, nothing but the main event at least now 20 minute delay you don't get on social media so you know it's it's to, for most people it's a live event because you're not reading up on the social media you know you're watching it like it's for the very first time and the commentators are making the comments for the very first time and i just think that's the way they should go with this to try to entice more more people to get into poker yeah well one of the points that one of the writers made was that now that we have all this uh Internet streaming via PokerGo or ESPN that uh, people don't want to wait for those slickly packaged uh, episodes, uh, although they are great with a lot of the uh, human interest stories and some of the uh, uh, features that they do. A lot of people just they don't want to wait around for that these days. Well, like I said, my my suggestion to, to that would be have these people come in a week early into the Luxor. You're going to make a production out of this, hopefully self-advertising. Get your commentators to interview them all. Find out, you know, what interesting life stories each each and every one of them has. And that way, if you do do it on a delay, you know, if the action isn't flowing the way you like it, it's not going to be obviously polished like when they get to get all the feed and do all the editing. But now you can insert stories about the players, and, you know, histories about them and, you know, anything else that's, that's interesting about the person as they're playing in a game that, may or may not be that exciting for for minutes on a time or, you know, for for a while. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I, the plan now is not to bring them in that early, <clears throat> especially since they're going to film one final table on March 12th. The next one is going to be on March 13th. So uh, there's not a lot of pre-production uh, uh, involved in this. But maybe down the road they might change their mind. So we'll see what happens. Well, uh, that would be nice. Uh, and, and, you know, that's such a, you know, They've stolen the idea of, of the WSOP, but they've added their own little push to it. So hopefully they'll put on a great production. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, it certainly is interesting. And uh, although there are pe people finding fault with the fact that 
the um, WSOP went through that for years with the November 9, and now they've, they've decided to walk away from that, that maybe uh, the WPT is going to run into some problems that they didn't anticipate uh, and didn't really look ahead for to see uh, what everybody else went through in the past. Yeah, well, uh, let me see. I'm, uh, listen, you and I have always been, we've always championed the changes, whether, we've been, whether we liked it at first personally or not. And I believe that this is the way you bring some, you know, the, keep keep the game exciting for the players, something novel. And, you know, uh, we've always supported these changes. We just hope that they're done right so the poker community can generate the excitement that, that's needed for these things to continue to go forward. Yeah, in Earl Burton's column, he, had a, he wrote an opinion piece <clears> about it. And, uh, you know, I just read down the <laughs> names of the finals for the uh, for the. Uh, uh, Borgata, and you know none of these guys is a superstar that people have heard of. And although we have some better names in the uh, WPT Gardens Poker Championship, Shannon Shore, uh, Ray Quartemy, Steve Sung, Brent Roberts, Frank Stapuchin, and Jonathan Abdelatif, there's not a lot of uh, superstar power there either. So you got a big, a large esports arena. Um, how many? Poker fans, are you going to draw to watch this thing there? I, I can't see, think that many. No, I mean, I, you're right. Unless it's family and friends of the final six. Um, I don't know how big you've been down to Vegas. Did you Have you ever been? I know you and I have always been on the air when the main event final table is on, but you've been there at the beginning of WSOP. Do you know where it is that they play that main event, and is it a big uh, venue? Uh, the main event for the WSOP? Yes, right. Well, they they have three large rooms there, uh, the Brazilian room, and uh, uh, I forget the two names of the other rooms, but they're they are all hold about 450 tables between them. Okay, because we don't see that obviously in the in the in the final table. Yeah, the, the main WSOP. event, which they call the they call it, some people call it the Thunderdome, is basically the one table surrounded by a lot of chairs. You could probably seat about. 200 people around there. I mean, it's not tremendously huge. But, right. But, you know, what's going to happen? The eSports <laughs> Arena with a lot of uh, bleacher seats and uh, things around the uh, the rim, are they going to – is it going to look like com- completely empty or what? Maybe they'll just curtain it off. Who knows? Well, listen, I, I, I'm I enjoying what I'm hearing about this. I just wish it would go a little bit on the same day, final table, with, like like you said, with whatever 20-minute, half, 20 half-hour delay. I think that would generate a lot more excitement throughout the poker world and a time for you to sell what you're doing that these guys came from Florida, from New Jersey, you know, wherever they came from, build it up so that when people see a WPT event in their area, they're, Hey, besides the money, I'm going to go out to Vegas. I mean, I just, I just see a lot of promotional, you know, uh, promotion ideas that, that could be used with what they're doing here that, would obviously, in my opinion, generate a lot of interest in the poker community. Okay, let's take our first break on the show. Uh, we'll put <laughs> Joe on hold and uh, be right back. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line, which you can always find on our website, PokerActionLine.com. We have a Podbean page where you click on the yellow box on the front page, and you can pick out any of the archived shows. Also, uh, we're regularly on iTunes where you can pick up the show. The best place we uh, refer people to is SoundCloud. Uh, get SoundCloud installed on your tablet, your home computer, or on your phone, and you can uh, download those shows. You can also email them or text them to people and uh, pass them around, which is a great thing for us. We hope you'll listen to the shows 
and rate them and review them and like them. So uh, we hope you'll do that uh, wherever you get the show. Uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page has uh, carried us for quite some time. Hold'em Radio Network. You have Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all kinds of places where you get your podcasts and pick up Poker Action Line. We hope you'll continue to do so. We'll be back with more of the show when we return from South Florida here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and apply Appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Gio in the studio tonight. Uh, and Joe on by telephone. Uh, a little bit under the weather tonight, but uh, hey, uh, it's going around the country. I think I mentioned it on the show last week. When you see uh, NBA teams with a different guy out every night with a flu, you know, you know it's going around the locker room. And it goes around South Florida for sure, just like everywhere else. But uh, uh, weather-wise, uh, we've had a little bit of cool weather here and there, but never uh, enough to. Uh, to feel sorry for ourselves when people are uh, 39 <laughs> below of Chicago and uh, pretty crazy. So that's why uh, I'm pretty thrilled to see that uh, how well the Atlantic City tournament did at the Borgata in weather that was just horrendous for several days in a row. That is amazing, those numbers that they had in New Jersey, especially with the bad weather. But uh, it's a nice surprise, especially with you know what happened many years ago at the Borgata. I thought that was going to stain them for a while, which it didn't. With the guy counterfeiting the chips over there, right? And the decision, and the decision they made with 27 players left, which was, I think, a horrendous decision. That's got to be like but, six uh, years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Borgata, thank God for them. You know, we've always heard some of our our guests always brag about, you know, how well it's run over there, and you know how they treat the people. So, the, I, my guess is that's the reason they were able to survive that scandal and that. And, you know, stupid payout that the state came down with. So um, it is. It, they, those are good numbers that we're seeing. You know, the arrow going back up again instead of down. Those, those, those are all positive things for the poker community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, new format uh, that they used at the tournament. I don't have the exact uh, name of the tournament in front of me, but it was called the Quantum uh, 
aspect of the tournament. And I just wanted to run this by you. I didn't get a chance to mention it last week. But in a tournament that cost uh, $360 to buy in, and you got a chip stack of 12,000 chips, and there were several opening days, they opened it up for day two that you could actually wait till day two to enter. And you could enter, but it cost you 1500 but you got 30,000 chips. Now, I've always complained about the rebuys and all that stuff over and over, unlimited rebuys, and this seems worse to me. Um, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I guess so. Getting 30,000 so. chips by waiting to day two, you have to pay about uh, four times higher, the price, but you get a lot more chips to start out with, and you don't have to go through uh, the day ones. And obviously that only benefits people with deep pockets. I, that's what I you say, know? you know. I mean, there's a and, lot. Of, and there's a lot of people playing in that event that wouldn't, that couldn't spend fifteen hundred dollars to buy in. Exactly, and but then again, the guarantee was what three million. No, this is not related to that. This was another tournament. I don't think it was quite that. Oh, high a different event. tournament. I'm yeah. sorry. So whatever the the guarantees is what makes makes those things have to happen with the reentries and the way they structure some of these things. I mean, you know, we see them have four days. Of, of running, uh, you know, uh, tournaments for the first round. They're like, you know, A, B, C, D, and going on all the way up. It's the only way they can get to those guarantees when the buy-ins are small. And, again, I don't know if this had a, 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 like a guaranteed buy-in, but it, it's, it's, part of the, it's part of what we have to live with, Dave, and, and yeah. we've discussed this a few times in, in previous shows. It's uh, definitely a balancing act between – what's good for the player, and what's good for the house. Mm-hmm. Well, they have mutual interest because, obviously, the players want to see these guarantees, and the house has to make money because if they're constantly putting money out of their pocket for the guarantee, you're going to have no tournaments at those casinos. So it, whether it's a necessary evil from both sides or just the way life is in poker, I believe that's going to be here for as long as you and I are around, Big Dave. Yeah, definitely. A couple of uh, tournaments here in Florida that I did want to mention. Uh, The Annie Up Poker Tour is uh, starting with a series up at uh, Tampa Bay Downs. The Silks Poker Room up there starts today, (coughs) February 4th, played through the 10th. And, Joe, I know you did some work up there for... uh, for PPC a few years ago, you got to know Patrick up there a little bit, the uh, poker room director. Uh, a nice room up there in Tampa Bay, but, uh, in Oldsmar, the horse track up there. Yeah, Pat. Well, coincidentally, you mentioned Patrick. Uh, I was mentioned. His name was mentioned today, and I hadn't heard his name mentioned in many years. Now I've heard it twice uh, today. But um, yeah, he's done a great job up there in Tampa. And I believe, you know, and, and this is no knock on him because he didn't know it was going to happen, but he was the driving force behind the DPC, you know, as far as trying to help Sandy and Brian out. Yeah, up in that area. You know? Had several events up there. And I know I know where you worked a couple of those. Yeah, I was up there. I got, well, I met Patrick in Aruba with his wife, his, you know, his lovely wife. And then I got to see him in Tampa. I actually was up there for something else and stopped in the poker room uh, to do something for uh, Sandy and Brian. And But I never worked his tournaments up there. I did work throughout the rest of the state for them, 
But, uh, you know, Patrick uh, and and I guess Brian and Sandy being that he was their driving force. Patrick Murphy, uh, by the way, is his last name. Yes, Patrick Murphy. And, um, you know, uh, they always seem to not mind taking that 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 drive up to Tampa from from where they live. Yeah, a nice place and uh, certainly a, a solid room up there. Uh, pretty amazing that uh, you know the PBC guys. We uh, probably don't hear much about them anymore, and uh, kind of wondered uh, how that all went right, went south. Well, I heard today with the people I was talking to about earlier uh, to you off air. Uh, Brian supposedly declared bankruptcy for everything to include everything that he had. But Sandy didn't, and he's doing something up in the Fort Lauderdale, I believe, area. Hopefully that we'll have a little bit more information in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. From our guest that we're hoping to get uh, in two weeks. From okay. Tonight. Well, let's mention that. Uh, we are in, in on February the 18th. Uh, two weeks from tonight, we'll have a show uh, involved with uh, people from uh, Casino Massage Associates. Is that the name? Uh, service, CMS, CMS Massage. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and they've got, and it's funny because if I remember Felix and Jason, who are the two owners of the company, and the lovely Paola, who uh, is like their manager and goes to the Casino Casino. She used to be a masseuse herself. That's how I originally met her. They've always supplied great massage people. At Miami Highline, when I was, you know, running the show there, they had them in Dania. You know, they're located in a lot of places here because they've done an outstanding job. They're people always reliable, never had an issue. And um, it's funny, Dave, because I'm, I'm hoping they'll go into more detail. But if I'm not mistaken, they're both big poker players. They love to play poker, uh, enter a lot of different tournaments, play cash games. But when they were in Vegas, they saw the massage girls many years ago. And they got a massage, and they both said, man, this would be great. Nobody's doing it in South Florida, and that's how they started down here. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, the average Joe that's maybe not involved with poker uh, hears, oh, massage girls, and and laugh uh, at the side of their mouth and say, uh, oh, yeah, that's dirty, uh, happy ending, this and that. And, you know, it's it, it, you can get a bad reputation in your business, but this is a very up and upstanding business in the fact that it's an important part of the poker community. Players sit there and play for 10, 12 hours, and it's a it's a service that's really needed. And uh, a lot of classy people work in this business, and it's a real positive for the poker community. It really is, and it it you know it's now become a staple in most rooms. You know, you know guys want it, like you said. If you're going to be there for five, six, seven, eight hours, uh, you know, getting a 20-minute massage at the t- at the table while you where you don't even need to stop playing because most of the people in my casino when they were getting them just turned the chair around and continue to play, you know, as as the young ladies were giving them massages. So yeah. uh, it's a wonderful idea. It really is, and uh, it's a great service because it keeps a lot of people happy and. Like I said, I've, I all I've had is uh, you know masseuses that have had great personalities intermingled with with the customers, which is obviously their job. But when they weren't working, giving a massage, you know they they were still a very positive force in the room. So yeah, I love it. I can't can't wait for them to for all of us to get started again. Well, I have a million questions, obviously <clears throat> associated with that. I mean, you got you got girls that uh, someone calls them over, and two hands later the guy's knocked out of the tournament, and they end up losing a whole uh, 
uh, a whole opportunity there. It's just uh, unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure there's been some people, uh, girls, that uh, in the past maybe uh, overstepped their bounds by saying, how could you shove that pair of deuces? (laughs) I'm sure that's the first thing they learn when they get up there. I've never heard... I've never heard any of the girls giving him poker advice, but that may not, <laughs> it may not be – he can go both ways. You know what I mean there? I think if so. If they're good poker players, they may be able to give good advice. Yeah. No, they're, they're usually I, – I mean, you know, like I said, I was, I, was, I was very happy and proud that they were in our casino back, you know, six, seven years ago when I opened the room with the high, high limits. And it, once they start the massage, it's like a massage when you go to any massage parlor place. You really don't hear them too much. They ask how much time they want, and they go from there. Yeah. So, but I'm sure they've seen a lot of interesting things on the table that we don't get to see. So, and not that we'll get into too much of it, but uh, there probably is some negative uh, uh, sexual harassment going on occasionally. Comments, maybe uh, uh, touching someone uh, improperly, not from, not by the massage girls, but maybe by a player to the massage. By the girl. customer. So there, so there could always be some negatives to that as well and uh, you you got to have a tough skin and be a classy person to uh, overcome some of that sometimes well for yes you you do but first and foremost uh there's no reason for any young lady whether they're a massage therapist cocktail waitress uh, a poker room employee as a brush or a dealer that they should ever have to put up with anybody absolutely, absolutely. you know you know because i would not i did not permit that in my room we had a guy who he he was in a very bad accident, and you could see it in his hands and his arm. And apparently, he was still in pain. This guy was, believe it or not, he was the nicest guy when he sat there and didn't have a drink. When he took his pain pills and had two drinks in him, you know, it was the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde uh, scenario. And I mean, he got disbarred from our place for, I mean, literally giving one of our cocktail waitresses a slap on the ass so hard that we heard it throughout the whole room. Oh, man. So so that person was barred immediately. We got the police there. And, again, if you had met this man without having two drinks and the pills that he always carried on him because, he, you know, the pain that he had, he was the nicest guy in the world. And then when he had two drinks, that happened. So wow. uh, I'm sure that these girls have witnessed a lot of things and all the different casinos, you know, so that should make for some interesting conversations in a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we go to break, I, I do want to mention a couple things going on at the Hard Rock. Our friends over there, uh, Tony Burns, put together this Escalator series a couple of years ago, and this is the third installment. That gets underway February 20th and 24th, through the 24th with uh, the first event, which is a 150 buy-in and a, and a 100000 guarantee. Uh, the following, if you make the final table, you get a ticket to the next event, which is the following weekend, February 27th through March the 4th, and uh, it moves on with uh, a, th- a, th- a 350 the next week, and then closes out with a 560 the final week on March 14th through the 17th. Four separate tournaments. If you make the final table in the first three, you get a free ticket to the following weekend, over a million dollars in guaranteed prize money, and players on the final table of the uh, uh, or, or actually, I should say, win the final table table of the final event. Uh, they pick up a thirty-five hundred dollar WPT Showdown Championship seat in April. So that's all coming up, uh, beginning at the end of February. They had a big tournament there yesterday, 
actually, uh, I guess that was uh, uh, earlier this afternoon, finished up Nick Eunice, uh, who I remember won one of the charity events one time. Uh, Nick, a very good player, won that one this afternoon. Ryan Van Sanford uh, from South Florida. Uh, all these great South Florida players playing some of these big tournaments over there at the Hard Rock. TK Miles finished third. Ryan Van Sanford was second. Alcides Gomez, not not Aldrin Gomez, but Alcides Gomez, uh, finishing fourth. So he's on a, a kind of a roll right now as well. Anyway, let's take this break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about World Series of Poker schedule, which is out now, and uh, we'll find out from Joe if he could f- take a guess at how many bracelets are available this year. So you think about that, Joe. <laughs> I'll be back. Well, what was last year? Last, last year, year I think it was about place. 72 maybe. Seventy-three. Right. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna guess, and then you tell me when we come back from the break. But okay. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be seventy-six this okay. time around. Okay, we'll tell you if you're right or wrong when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, Big Dave Lemon, Joe by phone, and Gio here in the studio with me. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Before we get back to Joe, uh, just a couple of things here. Uh, Interesting article I want to talk about here in a little bit, uh, uh, written by Alan Schoonmaker of Card Player. Uh, talks about uh, ways that poker players risk their future. And it basically came up because uh, there are so many players, poker pros, who end up dying broke with no money. And uh, he thought that was a very strange thing. But 
tried to struggle to come up with the reasons, but uh, you know, people like Stu Unger and uh, Devilfish, David Uliot, <coughs> Gavin Smith, who just died, I guess, uh, was basically broke when he uh, he died very recently. Stu, remember, Stu had a Stu Unger had a drug problem and died in a crummy hotel. He was definitely uh, a junkie. And you think about some of these other players, you think that with some of the big paydays they would be set for life, but who knows how much of people have how many people have a piece of those and they don't have that. But I'll get to that in just a minute. I do want to mention um that uh there was a ruling uh by the uh Department of Interior up in Connecticut. They tried to add a third casino. Uh you have the Foxwoods and the Mohegan Sun and they tried to open a uh, a third casino. Uh there is a uh, uh an MGM in Springfield which is in Massachusetts, the Massachusetts side of the border, so they proposed an idea to their state legislature uh and they agreed to the deal, but the US Department of Interior which is uh was the interior, secretary of the interior was Ryan Zinke who is just uh, I don't want to get into politics, but you got this guy who's, uh, if he's def- if to say he's a fan of uh, carbon fuels would be an understatement. Uh, and he is the <laughs> Department of the uh, Interior head. Anyway, uh, they wanted to build a tribal winds casino in East Windsor. They needed the approval of the Department of the Interior, and Ryan Zinke said no. Now he's going out of office, and they are bringing in someone else who's uh, also been a lobbyist for the uh for the uh, oil uh business and uh it's incredible the the people that uh, Trump has put into uh, some of these cabinet posts but um just uh, an expansion up there uh which they needed to have really uh, in Connecticut to kind of stave off some of the competition that's coming um encore uh in Boston Harbor uh, which is uh, basically with Steve Wynn's project that is now going to be run by somebody else, but that is planning to open in 2019 and a few other places up there. But that's th- the brick-and-mortar casinos up in the Northeast are really starting to take <coughs> off. Uh, they weren't for a long time. So uh, it's amazing that uh, all these things come up where the government keeps stepping in and, and holding poker down. It's uh, it's very frustrating. <coughs> Yeah, we've been talking about that for many years now, Dave, and, you know, nothing that these people do surprises me anymore. Yeah. I don't know if the Indians are going to have grounds to take this to the Supreme Court, you know, uh, but you're right, you know, Department of Interiors is their governing body, so, yeah, yeah, it's a hurdle, that, another hurdle that they got to go over, and I'm sure Foxwood and uh, Mohegan Sun obviously are going to feel the pressure now that Boston, Massachusetts is going to have some casinos. The ones, right. are they? They already have one functioning, right up there. Uh, not in Boston itself. There's the one in Springfield, which is a mid. In Springfield, mid-state. Massachusetts, right? And I guarantee you, that's already put a crimp in their in their daily dollars, so people don't have to take the the trip down to you know Mohegan Sun or Foxwood. Right. So, which which, which uh, people when I lived up there, people they, always did. <laughs> I was I was asked earlier today by somebody um, if you know sports betting is going to become the, the state of Florida soon, and my answer was I honestly don't know. But if I had to wager on it, I would not I would not take the coming soon. I'd take the uh, you know the way over whatever timeline anybody sets for that. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. 
the 50th annual running of the World Series of Poker coming up this summer, May 28th through July the 16th. And the answer to our question, Joe, was kind of incomplete, but 80 is the answer. Wow, they went. I was I was tempted to say 78, but it doesn't amaze me. And I and you know, with this trend continuing, we're going to see 100 events probably within the next two or three years. Is that a good thing? Um, as as of right now, I don't see them their numbers really suffering that much. And it's already expanded from what? When we were on the show, when we started our show nine years ago, what are we talking about? Maybe they had 50-something at that time? Or I'm, I'm going to say 56. Okay, so they are now, they have now almost gotten, you know, 50% more tournaments than when we started nine years ago. So, because yeah. it's another 24, so. I, it, I don't think it's a great trend, certainly to make more money but I don't know if it's good for the future. Well, so far, everything the WSOP has done, just about everything has, has turned up <laughs> smelling like rose for them. So, uh, like you said, I, I think if they add smaller buy-ins, it'll be a big success because it will draw people who, who say, well, damn it, if they got $1,000 buy-in tournaments, and there's going to be a few more of them. I don't know which way they're leading, obviously. But if they did something like that, you know, and put them on the weekends like they started to do, you know, you're drawing from California, you know, from a lot of different states there. Plus, people can say, hey, you know what? If I go down there with eight or $9,000, I can enter in four, five, six tournaments. If I make a big score, I can play in the main event. You know, and anything that allows the common poker player, you know, to come in there because – you know, the deep pocket guys, that's a small percentage of the poker community. Yeah, no question. That, that's a very small, you know, and and as I tell people, it's nice to have those those games being played in your casino because you get the publicity and everything else out of it. But to be honest with you, a 2-5 game, as far as the bottom line, uh, the money that goes to the house, is, is the same as any of these big games where hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars are being, you know, bet on, on the poker table. So uh, it's nice if you could turn that publicity into opening up a lot more tables. But, you know, the lifeline of the poker community is, is your, you know, your, your one, two, no limit, two, five, you know, people who show up with a couple of thousand, not a couple of hundred thousand in their pockets. Just to give you some information, uh, when I say 80 events, that's live bracelets. That's live events. That does not include any online events, which they had three of last year. And uh, my guesses would be that they might even add a couple there. So we may end up as high as 85. So uh, one of the new things, remember always when, you know, we talked a lot with Matt Glantz about the $10,000 buy-in events, the championship events, uh, and uh, I think the cheapest tournaments were a thousand dollars, and then they brought in the uh, Colossus for five sixty, and uh, there's been a couple of other smaller ones. Well, the trend, I guess, is going toward having a few lower buy-in tournaments because they have a a group of events called the, the Deep Stack events. They're all priced under a thousand dollars. One of them is the Deep Stack Championship, which has a buy-in of six hundred. Uh, with 30,000 starting chips and a half a million dollar guarantee. That's on June 25th. That's one of the new events. 
So there's a few uh, smaller events that, like you say, bring in the people who like to come in line and play two or three events. I think it works out great for them. And think about it, Dave. It's not only just the poker. Now you're attracting, let's assume you attract an extra thousand poker players that would not make it a plan because they didn't think they had a large enough bankroll or they didn't, you know, they didn't want to come in and play one tournament, not, you know, not cash or, or anything in it and then have to go back home. Now they can plan to be there for, say, a week to 10 days, two weeks because they're going to schedule three or four tournaments in there. Now you've got hotel rooms being rented for that much longer, right. food being served to them. Some of them are going to be laying money down inside the casino games. You know, there's it, it, people don't realize that when you draw that kind of money, it's not just tournament money that you're making and everything else. It's it's all your other businesses that are within the casino that all your restaurants are packed. You know, your yeah. stores, people are buying stuff. You know, they 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 want to get they they, they want to take something home to to continue to to relive the experience uh, of playing in the WSOP. Uh, Tournament, so. and, and, and while we've talked with many players about some of the other things going on out there, the, the cash games, very juicy out there, <laughs> players really enjoy. And uh, also the nightly and daily events, they, have, they were going to have four different events each day uh, in one of the side rooms, a uh, $250 buy-in at 1 p.m., a 200 at 4 o'clock, a $400 tournament at 7, and a 150 at 10 p.m. Uh, a couple of these will... Uh, be called accelerated format events. Anyway, those are going to be available this year, and there'll be a daily deep stacks uh, utilizing the big blind ante this year. That's one of the new things as well. There's also going to be a uh, weekly $250 seniors event uh, held at 9 a.m. each Wednesday throughout the series. So uh, you got to have those early tournaments for us old guys. You know, to get up early. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that true? The seniors' tournaments are always a little very early in the day. Yeah, because, you know, we got to get to that early bird dinner that starts at about 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I always joke with people about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and Dave, uh, another aspect that people don't realize because we're talking about the casino and the players, but the workers there, you know, workers and all the, the including the dealers, you know, uh, there's a, a young woman that goes at deals every time that works at Dania, um, and she goes and you know people go and they 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 make a they make nice wages for those six seven weeks that the tournament is running. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention the waiters and everybody else and and, and all the other aspects of all the you know, restaurants, uh, shops, whatever. Overtimes, I would imagine a lot of overtime for the cleaning crew because. So many people are staying in the hotel. Again, it's just a cash cow for everybody involved. And if it's run right, like so far, like they've been doing it for years, everybody's happy. The players will be happy for the most part. I remember we remember talking about how long the uh, the to cash out and to actually buy in. How long those lines were? Yeah, hours and the, hours for the first year about. of the of uh, the Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and we no longer and we no longer hear about that. You know, we I, at least I haven't seen anything of the major complaints and stuff that that they've had in the past. That you know they've addressed issues. I, I believe the WSOP management staff has addressed issues as they've come up, so that they're not, you know, they're not a big uh, deterrent or a big problem the following year when they when they run their event again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course. Uh... 
as we talk about every year, and it's getting bigger and bigger, the scene around Vegas is cashing in on those uh, those big weeks during the summer is completely expanded. And it's, as it turns out, the World Series of Poker is really only the small portion of, of the opportunities that you have all summer long, including the Aria and the Planet Hollywood and some of those places. You know, and I thought for a moment that the WSOP, the, the Rio, the, the, and their, you know, parent company, um, you know, would be upset. But like we mentioned on the show for those so many times over the years, there's so many, there's such a large amount of people there that they they couldn't handle, I don't think they could handle if every single one of them was just to play in tournaments based at the Rio and not the ones at the Venetian, at uh, the Aria, and all throughout, like you said, all throughout Vegas, everybody has, everybody wants a little piece of a slice of that pie, and I believe everybody's starting to get some of that. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some of the highlights. Uh, there's a brand new uh, charity event uh, surrounding the World Series this year, so we'll close things up when we return. Uh, let's take our final break, and when we get back, we'll uh, finish things up here on tonight's show, uh, Poker Action Line. You can pick us up every week on SoundCloud, and we hope you'll do it, and maybe Click that little heart there and uh, say you like the program. We always appreciate that as well. We'll be back to finish things up when we return from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Final segment of the show, Big Dave Lemon. Joe on the phone with me tonight uh, from his home down in South uh, in Kendall. And uh, we will finish things up here by uh, giving you a few highlights of the WSOP, a new charity event this year called Salute to Warriors. It's a $500 buy-in uh, bracelet event. Kicks off on Tuesday, July the 2nd at 11. It's a three-day tournament, so it will end on July 4th. And uh, America's Independence Day will have a champion of the Salute to Warriors. Uh, the WSOP is donating uh, proceeds to the USO. 
other veterans organizations. The event's open to uh, uh, everybody that wants to contribute. It really is to, to the uh, uh, the charity event, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting, and uh, that will be once again on July 2nd. Uh, a couple other things to note: there is a uh, short deck tournament, the $10,000 short deck. We talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, on June the 2nd, that will be a $10,000 buy-in. There will be a $1,500 dealer's choice the following day on the 3rd. Uh, tournament, as usual, opens with the casino employees event, $500 buy-in on May the 29th. Uh, the Millionaire Maker is on uh, June the 7th, $1,500 buy-in for that one. Uh, there's the uh, Marathon, which is on June the 10th, 2620, uh, to coincide with the uh, length of a marathon race. Uh, we have the double stack uh, $1,000 buy-in on the 14th. Uh, let's see, what's some of the other things that pop out of me? The ladies' event, uh, which is $1,000 for ladies, $10,000 for men, uh, is on June the 20th. Uh, the monster stack, June the 21st, a $1,500 buy-in in that one. Uh, here's an interesting one with uh, a mix of Omaha high-low, uh, Omaha big, uh, big O, uh, Seven-card stud, high-low, and uh, Omaha, regular Omaha. So uh, uh, pretty interesting tournament there with $2,500 buy-in. Uh, my favorite event, the Raz, $1,500 Raz, is on June the 23rd. The Poker Players Championship this year, uh, toward the end of the series, and uh, June the 24th, $50,000 buy-in. The Colossus, which normally is very early in the event, has dropped to a $400 buy-in, smallest yet, and that will uh, start on June the 26th. Uh, the Salute the Warriors, as I mentioned, on June the 2nd. There will be a little one for one drop, $1,111 buy-in on July the 6th. And let's see if we got the main event, which kicks off, looks like later this year. Let's, uh, let's give you the final uh, outcome on the, um, the main event. Uh, that runs... Well, I don't even see uh, I don't even see that in there to be honest. Uh, so we'll have to update that as usual. I'm not uh, looking that far ahead and uh, I don't have that in front of me. Well, we'll give you that. I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming it's right after the fourth of July and we'll continue through the sixteenth of July, which is the final day. So, uh, great series coming up again. Eighty live bracelet events and several online events as well will be tied into there. So we may get as high as eighty-five. Uh, when all the numbers are said and done. But uh, uh, always interesting, and there's all kinds of talk about how this might be the final year at the Rio, that uh, it's always possible that uh, uh, the Harris people and Caesars people will, will end up selling that place and maybe try to move it to somewhere else, one of their other uh, hotels out there. So uh, I'm sure they don't want to talk about that much right now until uh, it gets a little bit closer. But uh, it's been a long run at the Rio and uh, very successful. I've stayed out there several times for the tournament. I've gone early in the event. I've gone late in the event. And uh, it's really just a, it's like <coughs> summer camp for poker players. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, that's, a great, that's a great analogy there. Because... So I think that... Uh, you could be working this summer, so you may not get a chance to go out there, but I'm still I'm sure it burns a hole in your heart to want to try to get out there and uh, play some big tournaments. Uh, Dave, yes, that's been probably my biggest disappointment in, 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 you know, in my poker life is not having played 
even forget the main event, which is the dream, obviously, the bucket list one, but to play in any of the tournaments over there because of work, either work or financial reasons, or something has always, or family reasons, I should say, also. Something has always come up at that time, and it's just been impossible for me to get out there. So this dream may have to wait till I retire, so... Well, there's still money in poker. We know that. Uh, latest news out of New York's New York uh, City up there, uh, outside of New York, is that MGM Resorts has now bought uh, the Empire City Casino, which is basically the casino at Yonkers, Yonkers Raceway, uh, just north of New York City. They bought it from the Rooney family, which owns the dog track down here in Palm Beach, the Palm Beach Kennel Club. They have owned it since 1972. Uh, any uh, thoughts on what the price might have been for uh, Yonkers? Well, let me tell you, I, I and I've been in the Yonkers racetrack to watch them run their, uh, you know, their harness racing over there. Which uh, they have a half mile track, so that means they got to go around twice, as opposed to the Meadowland, which is a mile. I would imagine it is a huge price because of all the people in Westchester County and yeah. the proximity that they are to the city. That's got to be that's got to be very big. Uh, well, I, I can't even venture a guess. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but at eight hundred and fifty million, what's that sound like? Well, I, I was going to guess around a billion dollars, you know, so I wouldn't have been too far yeah, off absolutely. if you counted a million. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But uh, I thought a billion might be short, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, they, they don't they don't have uh, table games there right now because uh, the governor, Andrew Cuomo, has a, has a moratorium in place in order to protect the upstate casinos from uh, competition. So uh, there's a ban on table games offering it right there just outside of New York City. Uh, MGM uh, gets a full-scale gaming license in New York. Uh, if they do, before 2024, they'll pay an additional $50 million. So uh, huge uh People in the north, Northeast, MGM, a big player uh, in owning the Borgata, uh, the MGM National Harbor in Maryland, and the new Springfield Casino in western Massachusetts. So uh, certainly one of the huge players, and they, they add. So uh, like I said, it's licensed to print money to own your own casino. And uh, unless, sure unless, you, unless your name sure is Donald is. Trump, you do it, uh, you make a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, his casinos have gone bankrupt, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, Joe, thanks for fighting your way through. I think both of us kind of hacking around earlier a little bit as far as, uh, you know, the flu going through town here. But uh, mine was gone as of a week ago, but the cough seems to hang on. Uh, Hopefully you'll get better right away and uh, get back here in the studio next week. I I certainly hope so, because I, I do not want to be with this for a whole week like this. So. Yeah, it's not. I've already tough. started the antibiotic regimen and everything, so God willing, in two days this will go hopefully pass. Yeah, so. it'll knock it out. Thank you for uh, taking the time, and uh, we'll catch you here in the studio next week. Thank you, Big Dave. Geo, thank you again, and uh, please say hello to Joe, guys, uh, when you get off the air for me. All right. Okay, and don't forget February eighteenth, we'll have the people. Uh, from the Casino Massage uh, Services, and uh, we'll talk more about that next week uh, ahead of the show, but certainly looking forward to a fun show that night as well. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We'll see you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.